This podcast discusses content that may be triggering for some listeners. Please be advised, discussions include gambling language, types of gambling, and addiction. Hello and welcome to the Hidden Addiction Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Mid-Hudson Problem Gambling Resource Center under the New York Council on Problem Gambling. Across New York State, we have seven resource centers dedicated to connecting individuals to care. We are here to increase awareness about problem gambling and advocate for support services for persons adversely affected by problem gambling. Gambling is defined as risking something of value on a game of chance. There can be many types of gambling and it can affect anyone at any time in their life. It may not be talked about often and kept in the dark, but we hope this podcast sheds light on the hidden addiction of gambling and brings forth resources and information for you to use. Welcome to the Hidden Addiction Podcast. I had told you guys from the last episode that there may be a bonus episode, and here it is. This is Leilani Yeiser-Reed with the Mid-Hudson Problem Gambling Resource Center, and I am just super excited, as always, but (laughs) always excited to have guests on, always excited to share information about problem gambling, always excited to amplify voices and raise awareness. That is the whole purpose, is to really get information out there about problem gambling and how it affects other people from many different backgrounds, from many different cultures, from many different settings. There's no, as I was telling our guests, there's no wrong or right way of dealing with a situation. And the more information that we have and the more we know, the more we grow. So without further ado, let me introduce our guest. Her name is Rachel Mai. She has been contracted through the New York Council on Problem Gambling to provide specific work with our Asian communities. Uh, and she's going just she's gonna talk about a little bit what she does because I can I can say something, but I will not give it. I can't give it everything as much as she can because she can describe everything herself. So welcome, Rachel Mai. Hello, everyone. Uh, hi. Uh, good morning, Leilani. Thank you for having me here today. So I'm excited. So I'm going to share a little bit about myself. Thank you. I'm a retired NYPD police sergeant. Since retiring, I have been helping the Chinese communities in Philadelphia and New York region. Um, with people that need translation help, such as like um, citizen applications, um, take a look at their social security statements, assist them how to set up their Medicaid plan, Medicare plan also. I've come across many people from these communities um, who like to play mahjong and go to casinos on their days off. So one day I was talking to someone about her family matters she spoke about her father-in-law passing away because of COVID. So he caught it while going out to play mahjong, just like that. He's now gone. Mm. She now wish she could have convinced him not to go out and hang out with his mahjong friends. If he would have listened, um, he most likely would still be alive today, right? 
Yeah. So is that how you, is that how you really got into this work of working with, how did you get connected with the New York Council on Problem Gambling? So I was like, after I spoke to her, um, when she said that she was in tears, I was thinking, why would people risk their life during the high pandemic to be out there gambling? Mm-hmm. So is gambling worth more than their lives? Knowing that I have friends and family which are also addicted to gambling. Right. This strategy can happen to anyone. So on the same day, after she left, I went on the internet and searched up <laughs> how to stop gambling problems and addictions. Then I found the MIPCG's website. Yeah. So I emailed the organization in December last year. So I got the email back reply from Michelle Hayden. Mm-hmm. So she said, I'm going to connect you with the uh, Staten Island team leader because I live in Staten Island. Mm-hmm. So, and then Ashley Oven, so which is, she was a team leader in Staten Island, but now she's left the organization and worked yeah. for a different organization uh, in November. So, and then she called me up. We had a Zoom meeting and explained to her, uh, explained to her, about uh, my position. I retired from the PD and now I'm doing different translation for different organizations and association in the Asian community. And then she connect me with <laughs> Michelle Hayden and then Jim because they want to expand their outreach in Asian community. Yes. That's how like, yeah, connected with both of them. And I need to say thank you for all of them because they brought me here. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, we're very grateful for the work that you do because sometimes when, if we're not um, necessarily in that community, right? In the Asian community or any any uh, cultural, ethnic, or even um, just cultural community, if we're not in it, maybe we don't know what the issues that are happening within that community. But that doesn't mean that the issues are not the same, right? Yeah. yeah. Is addicted to gambling and their addiction supersedes their awareness of what's going around them, similar to that that person saying, right. you know what? No, I have to go gamble. Um, right. doesn't matter what pandemic is happening outside, you know, um, you know, it's the addiction that is driving them rather than, you know, their 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 mind or um saying like there could be possible dangers out there and that could affect me. So that's why I say like it it could look different. It may look different in different cultures, but the addiction is just still the same across the board. Is that yep. a fair statement? Yep, yep, absolutely. This is the funny part. Like, well, um, I never heard such about like gambling addiction resource or organization exists. So when Jim asking me about if I'm was interested in raising awareness for problem gambling through outreach and conducting education for the Chinese speaking communities in the MIC area. So I said, I had never heard of this organization. I was shocked that this organization has been running for years. Um, and the Chinese community was not aware of it. You know, so during the conversation with him, so I said, well, I speak Mandarin, Cantonese, and Toysanese, beside my Chinglish. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I got you. <laughs> so I said, I just want to learn more and understand like what caused gambling addiction and how to educate others on how to tackle the issue. So I have many friends who still work at different organizations and friends who still work at MIPD as a police officers. Mm-hmm. So I may con- uh, able to connect you like the organization with different communal affairs that through different balls. So, um, yep. So that's how I joined. <laughs> so right now, what areas are you charged to work in? Because I, I know spe- you said specifically New York City, or I know it's specifically New York City. Is it? But is it just one borough, or is all the borough, all five boroughs, or and is it one particular Asian culture? Because there's many different Asian cultures. We don't want to just say you know it's Chinese, Japanese, maybe Korean, but there you know there's different Asian cultures with. Yes, actually, there are um, many, many. Um... Asian cultures, like um, let's say Staten Island, my neighborhood, um, many Fukinese, Fujonese, so people live in my neighborhood. But if you go to Flushing in Queens, you have Taiwanese, Korean people, right? So, and then also Chinatown, you have Toysanese, uh, Cantonese, um, Fukinese, Fujonese people also live in the neighborhood, uh, same as a Brooklyn. Um, I've been doing outreach in Brooklyn, Manhattan, and Queens, Chinese community mainly. And what have you, with, with those communities between Brooklyn, Manhattan, and uh, Queens, what have, you, what have you observed? So I have observed and become more aware how people are openly gambling in public areas, such as parks and sidewalks in these Asian communities during the summertime. I was still working um, with the NYPD. I often respond to the dispute with people arguing over money while I play mahjong. Back then as a police officer, our job was just like stop the dispute and to prevent fist fights, um, dispersing them away. It never involved sitting down to find out what, um, more, right? I never knew how to speak to the people and trying to prevent issue becoming long-term. So since contracting with this organization, it has opened my eyes. Paying attention to how people are involved in gambling in various ways. Mm -hmm. I've learned about underground gambling and how they would operate. I heard stories about people's struggles with financial debt, about community creditor collectors who keep sending letters to their homes. Hearing these stories like firsthand from restaurant waiters and waitresses. Mm, in one example um, that I heard in a family with a wife, right? Mm-hmm. After she working a long day and then she would go straight playing mahjong until the next day. Like she comes home and sleep for like about two hours, taking a shower and then going back to work the next day. Even on her weekends off. She would go play all day, all time, even though her husband wants her to stop. But whenever he says something, anything about it, it always ends up in argument. He doesn't know how to get her to stop playing. So, and also I also observed like people going to daily shops, buying scratch off lottery tickets. 
I'm not, I'm not sure having you trying to do like try to win lifetime lottery. <laughs> right. So um, one time I asked the deli owner, like how often would the same customers come by and get scratch off lottery tickets? And his response was like, um, that some customers would come every other day and spend hundreds of dollars. If they win, they will buy more. If they lose, they just scream and curse in the store. So when I do outreach at the parks in Manhattan, I often see people gathering together in a groups, like seven people playing Pai Gao, which is a Chinese poker, blackjack, mm -hmm. and other games. Even though they know it's a, it's illegal, the officers would warn them not to play, but they would not listen and still keep playing. When they see police officer patrol in the park, they would disperse. And when the officers leave, they will return and start gambling again. It seems like ongoing, nonstop. So it's like, and sometimes you feel like the, if, have you spoken to the people and like, are things that you are hearing, are they saying that they are, this is like a social hour for them? Are you, are you seeing it more so among seniors or young people or middle, you know, middle age who are in the park, who are, who are playing in the parks? Is this a game that um, is played, you know, because bingo is, is a, technically associated with seniors, you know, and mm -hmm. it's this game that's being played in the park amongst uh, the senior population. Well, in my Asian community in the parks, um, as you can see, even the newspaper talk about like, um, just people of 40 above. Mm -hmm. So majority maybe um, different parks that you can see different type of like uh, Asian uh, faces like um young people i don't see them play in the park but i do see young people go to the casino um right. mainly the people in the park are retirees or people work at the restaurants maybe they don't go to work that day or the restaurant is not open yet so they still have a free time to hang out over there mm -hmm. so that's how they get in together and start playing and some people go there play because they believe they have luck. Right. So that's like a house. They, they have personal luck. Like they have, they, there's personal luck on them that they know that they can, you know, interesting. Mm -hmm. is, is that like a cultural thing? Like, you know, where people feel like um, their, their being, their, their aura is, is the luckiest. Um, it's considered culture thing. Well, I didn't grow up like the people, my families, friends, on a family gathering occasionally, they do play mahjong or blackjack in the house, like family gathering. Mm -hmm. Even though I was little, my families, my uh, uncles, aunts, on their holidays, they come home they do play those. So I believe it's start, um, consider a culture thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So let me ask you, what are, what are some possible short-term or long-term goals or suggestions that you have to help guide the work and, you know, in terms of raising awareness for problem gambling? Well, 
uh, regarding the uh, short-term and long-term goals. So um, like this year, we had done advertising, social media campaigns and community outreach presentations during um, the, Chinese, the Chinese community meetings in Queens, Manhattan and Brooklyn, hoping to raise awareness of problem gambling. We'll continue to do it next year. Mm -hmm. Raising awareness of problem gambling is not enough. We know that we should establish an actual center for people to come forward to get help. That's our long-term goal. So after doing a presentation in Queens, like I can give you an example. So we did presentation with Queens leader, Robin Singh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's such a good guy. And um, in the 109 precinct community board meeting, we had a community member come over to us in parking lot who said she wished she knew this. Um, there was a, such an organization. She spoke with the tears over her, about her brother commit suicide over gambling addiction because it was in a serious debt and couldn't pay the money back. Mm. I was sorry for her loss. Only if she could have learned about this organization sooner, it might have helped her family, right? Right. So I have also had another person come to me saying her friend's husband gambled all of his life savings away and couldn't rent a bigger place for the family to live in. So they have four people in the family. So they're living in one bedroom apartment and they share bathroom with other tenants. I mean, like if I'm the kids, of course I want a bigger house right i want a bigger place i want my own bedroom instead of seeing the parents and then sleeping with my sibling in one bed so you know some there are many calls like by gambling addiction are hidden in the asian community many people have asked where our office is located hoping being able to bring people in for help right now all i can do is provide them a phone number to call some people have said no one answered the phone when they call. If a gambling resources was available in Asian communities, any anybody would concern regarding any friends or family members about gambling addiction can stop by and get more information, making it easier for them to get help directly, right? Well, Someone right. able to speak the same language as most community members can assist them and answer their questions immediately. But so, right now, right? We don't have the resource available to rich Asians who speak the many language, different languages. The different dialects. Right. Besides the one that we already provide. So, I guess, right? I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, no, I just wanted to ask a question because what I'm hearing is that, you know, some of the barriers to getting people from the Asian community um, connected to care is maybe not the it's not necessarily an actual helpline or helpline that they need. They need uh, in person, like somebody in person, and that is something that that's how they connect to services. They want yes. they want to see somebody right then, right there, and that's where they come in and say, you know what, I need help, rather than for somebody else um, who can 
then say, you know what, I'll just call a number and that's okay for them. They call a number and then they get connected. It's, it's not a one-way shot. Right. Like, I think I said that before. It's not a one, a one, a, a wrong or right way of doing something. We need a, you know, a variety of ways to connect to people. Right. You are absolutely right. Cause, um, last week I had, um, uh, happened to be they invite me to talk about strategy next like uh, how to reach out more people um I was a I was talking to a um I'm not sure her title but she, I think she's a social worker or uh, work at the Long Island City so I was like if people want to come for help they call the number and no one answer or they refer someone to speak find out the language they speak it might be too late or even though if you like our center, if we have a center, people able to have a clinician who speak their language, right? So they can come in and sit down and get evaluated instead of like they call the number. Okay, we're going to connect you with the right person, but we're going to lose track the person. We need to follow up. Is this person able to get help from us or the person we refer to the clinician? Are they able to help them? But even though the clinician may not speak the language, it's, it's going to be hard for them to communicate and it's hard for them to express their feeling. So we do, we do not need a sender and someone in person and contact able to like, you know, assist them right away. It's interesting. I, um, at the, the national conference on problem gambling, um, they, it was last year, no, this year, because we're still in 2022. <laughs> it, was, it was in Boston and they um, they highlighted a few uh, cultural communities and one of them was the Asian community. And I was listening to the panel speak and they were speaking about like how, um, you know, one a way to, uh, to help this particular community is by connecting with an organization that's already working with that community, right? That already speaks in many different languages and many different dialects um, within that community and partner with them to train them on problem gambling then to be the, 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 the intake person to be that, that caseworker for that particular, like what, what we're talking about now, which is problem gambling. And that's a way to connect with the community. And I was like, that's an int that that is in itself. Um, that would be helpful, you know, because, Absolutely. Partnering up with other profit, I mean, a nonprofit organization and able to train them and see what we see, train them, we know what we know, right? So definitely it's helpful. It's going to able to expand more resources for the people who really need help. But our, my concern is there are so many different types of organizations there. But our main focus is assist people how to get addicted to gambling or assist them. We're able to refer certain people to different organizations. So, you know, I, I don't know. It's just like we don't have a data, like check down what people need. So I know the NYCPG, like, in our community, we don't have the center, so we don't have the data. So in MIC area, the Chinese community, what kind of problem triggered them to continue going to the casino or gambling in different ways? We we need something. 
to gather the information able to explain whether it's good to have our people, to have our own center to assist them, or how we partner up. Other people have other work to do. How you how are you gonna train them? How you know it takes a long way for us to understand what people need. Right. And with that comes, you know, by give uh providing surveys, providing questionnaires, get, getting data, like you said, um, will help us guide us in the work that we need to do. And yeah. uh, I, I've talked, I think I've talked about for other um or other people who have come on, other guests have talked about the barriers, but you know, we have to get we have to get down to the root of the problem. And until we understand the root of the problem, we're kind of gonna keep going in circles and circles and circles. Yeah. So I, I yeah. think that's what I'm hearing from you is really, you know, trying to find out what is the why? Why is this particular community um, participating in gambling? What triggers them? What what intrigues them to gamble? Why they keep going for it? And why is it hard for them to connect to care or get help? So, um, yeah, that that seems to be the consensus. <laughs> Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely is consensus because gambling in Asian community has been going on for decades. Like yeah. I know new immigrants when they come here to America, right? Not knowing the language and being culturally different makes it hard for them to be involved in so uh in the society. I think gambling is their way to socialize, a way yeah. to spend their free time, and has even become like norm for some people. Eventually, right. people would get addicted to it without even knowing, right? So to break the cycle, more community social events that can accommodate the schedule of like just hardworking people should be made available. Yeah, absolutely. Partnering up with other organizations is, is needed. But if you're talking about train them, mm -hmm. how to take care of the people, come in, ask for help, if they have problem gambling problems mm -hmm. I am not sure how it works out you know because I know like we've been trying to uh, connect with um, CPC and we try to connect with what is CPC Chinese um, American I think it's a CAC or CPC <laughs> I forgot the organization name. <laughs> It's the Asian American Chinese Asian American Association. Okay. So, yep. And uh, we did one of the presentation in Brooklyn. They welcome us to go back there mm -hmm. to educate them more. So they even invite us next year to go back. So, um, I haven't really talked to them because we do want to invite different type of organization come forward to listen our presentation and how can we help more people so hopefully that will be our last um, next year project right hopefully hopefully more work to come more work to do there's always actually there's always work to do when this uh particular topic of gambling gambling addiction problem gambling 
is um, ever growing, ever expanding. And it's just, it's the nature, what they call the nature of the beast. Um, the more and more we are exposed to something, the more and more we have to just keep on raising awareness and ensuring that people know that this can become a problem and not to say that everybody is addicted. Everybody who plays or who participates in gambling is addicted to it, but to know the signs and to understand the signs and what does it look like for you um, or a, a loved one, you know? Uh, so I, I am so grateful for you um, being my last guest uh, of the year. And um, even though I thought I was going to have, I, my last guest was my last guest. <laughs> I, I'm just grateful for uh, the work that you do um, and raising awareness within this, the Asian community because all communities are important. And it's important that we, our work truly um, reflects inclusion because uh, that's just the, that's a, the world that we are trying to live in now, you know, is being inclusive, making sure that everyone um, gets a fair share. Everyone is aware. Everyone's um, from every background is included. So I thank you. If there was one parting word or phrase or anything that you wanted to tell the listeners um, today, what would it be? Well, I want to let people um, know out there, if you understand what is addiction problem gambling causing the side effect of you, like financial problem, family problem, and making lies to your friends and borrow money here and there, please call us. Look it up. You're not alone. Not alone. We'll be there. We'll be there to support you guide you through right yep all the way all the way so i again i thank you rachel and i pray that you have a um a wonderful holiday um and going into this 2023 year and just um continue doing the great work that you do and hopefully there'll be more um more information to come next year and you'll be able to share more information in the next year of what is all the wonderful things that are happening um, within the uh, New York Council on Problem Gambling. Thank you, Lani. Hopefully next year I will bring more um, details about it oh. and able to share with you um, what's going on. We have Hopefully I have more data to let yeah. you know what people think about it and we hope we'll be successful. No, in our it will be. So thank you again. And to all our listeners, um, be well and be well. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> you take care. See you next year.